All right, I've got my scripture here. Luke 16. Trey, would you come up here, please? These young people, man, they get a chance to interject and be a part. Some of them don't want to sing, but some of them can read really good, and that's what we're going to use with Trey here. Trey, if you'll just read that in the mic, that's our scripture for tonight. That is coming out of Luke 16. And starting at what verses are we going? 19 and following. So if you want to follow along, Luke 16, 19 and following. Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joy, joyfully living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate covered with sores. And longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table, besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your life you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great chasm fixed, so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able, and that none may cross over from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers in order that, they, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment, but Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. They will not be persuaded. Good job. Thank you, sir. Let's give him a round of applause. He did read God's word there. So we're talking about Lazarus, but we're talking a little bit more than just Lazarus tonight. We're talking about hell. I've been trying to teach these young people about the devil. I've been trying to teach them about uh, the demons. I've been trying to teach them about angels. This is our week to learn a little bit more about hell and what makes hell hell. And then uh, we're here to learn about heaven next. So we're saving the best for last. So. Uh, I just want to get you guys' appetite wet. There is a lot of confusion out there. Man, a lot of confusion. Let me give you some statistics here. 67 Americans believe there is a hell. 67% just believe there is a hell. 25% believe God will send people to hell. 25% believe that it might be their friends. All right? So... Man, judging by those statistics, that's not very good, okay? But I want to make sure you know tonight, hell is real. All right? That's the reason this church exists on this corner, is because hell's real, okay? And our Father forgave us of our sin, and we are promised heaven, okay? But since hell's real, man, I want to spread the word 
that you don't have to spend your eternity there. If you don't make a decision for Christ, that is the hardest decision you'll ever make because it's actually making the decision to spend your life in hell. And that's one of the toughest things at Judgment House to deal with is people that don't make decisions to follow Christ or to follow the devil. They just think, hey, if I don't make a decision, if I ride defense, I'll be all right. That's wrong. That will not work. Okay? You have been presented evidence all through. This book he just read from is what, guys? Truth. This is the word of God. It was in the beginning with God. Okay? This is truth. Jesus spent a lot of time talking about hell. Okay? He mentioned it over 13 times. I think the man knew what he's talking about. Amen? He wouldn't put it in there 13 times. He didn't want me to know a little bit about it and how bad it's going to be. Okay? I'm sorry this isn't a tickle your ear type sermon tonight, but I want you guys to be intelligent. I want you guys to know what we're dealing with here. And a lot of times, our young people are the last to know because they'll get confused because nobody fails to approach that subject of hell, okay? But hell is real, okay? So we got that covered tonight. All right. And let me tell you just how real hell is. Uh, man, in the Greek, I was going to pronounce this thing, but I don't have any way of pronouncing it. The Valley of Hamram. It is south of Jerusalem, and it was a place in the Old Testament where Azar and Manchester buried or burnt these children as offerings. It was a bad place. It was just south of Jerusalem, and that's what they called this hell, okay, is where they sacrificed these kids and where they took the corpses out to get rid of the poor people and that type of thing. That was the kind of hell they was talking about. You can only imagine the stench. We don't even do it justice in Judgment House, okay? The stench, the heat, the, just the smell of the thing, okay, is a bad deal. As you've seen in this parable of Lazarus, what's one of the things you noticed? He called it Hades in here. And what was the thing? It was a place of torment. A place of heat. What did he want Lazarus to do? Take his finger. Just dampen it a little bit so he can touch his tongue. I've never been that thirsty, guys. But I can only imagine that kind of torment. Other places in the Bible it says there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. My dad's a dentist. I never had him drill on me without numbing me up. But I've had some people that have went through that experience and say... Man, they'll shoot lightning out your toes, okay? That's how bad that experience is, okay? I hate going to the dentist just that much, but, you know, that is another way that we can kind of tell a little bit about hell. The pain, the suffering is going to be there. How long is it going to last, Brent? Eternity. Eternity, my Bible says. Just as long as heaven's going to last for eternity, hell is going to last for eternity. And they're going to close that chasm that says in Revelation, okay? And they're not going to be able to see the people in heaven. And we won't be able to see them in hell. So we'll have no recollection of that because that wouldn't be heaven if we had that, right? So, hey, I don't know that much about it, but I'm giving you the facts tonight. So please follow along with me tonight, okay? Uh, three views. Is heaven for real? There's a universalism. Universalism believes that everybody's going to get to heaven. All right? 
Let me tell you, that's false. Nowhere in the Bible is universalism taught, okay? You have to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, okay? He's not going to override your free will. The reason we do have a free will is we're made in his likeness, it says in Genesis, okay? And we have a decision to make. Do we want to follow God? Do I want to have Jesus forgive me of my sins? Do I want his blood on me? Yes, I do, all right? Praise God for that. I am a sinner in need of that, okay? In need of that blood sacrifice. He was a perfect lamb. I'm in need of that, amen? You guys all see the need for it too, right? Okay, he's not gonna override that free will, okay? That's what the universalists believe, that he's gonna override that free will. Annihilationism, all right? I didn't really know how it was spelled, but had somebody smart help me with this uh, word here. That means we're going to cease to exist. Is that going to happen? No, that's not going to happen. We're going to exist in hell. It's going to be for eternity. So that's not going to hold water either. Those theories are out there. Those people that believe that believe it wholeheartedly, but it's not backed up in Scripture. Okay? So, man, we don't believe that. Conditional immoralism. It's kind of like that, except uh, we're actively destroyed the lost, okay? After a while, after you've been in hell a while, you'll be destroyed, okay? And you'll cease to exist. I don't think that'll happen either. I'm thinking that torment's going to last forever, okay? So both those views are wrong. Let's get some things that uh, we can back up with Scripture that we know uh, for a biblical argument that hell is real. If you'll turn in your Bibles, Matthew 25, 41. Nick, find 25, 41, and please come up here and read it for me. Matthew 25, 41. say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay, hold on. He says you are cursed. This is when he's dividing the sheep and the goats, okay? And then he says, hey, they will go and we will go and be with him, okay, for eternity. In Matthew 25, 46, give me that ray of grace here. Right. What's that say? The righteous. You can go be seated. The righteous will go be seated with him. All right? The only thing that makes me righteous, guys, isn't that I've been to seminary, isn't that I'm a youth pastor, it's none of that. The only thing that makes me righteous is the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's the only thing. All right? I can't stand on any of my works because it's not of works lest anybody should boast. You guys remember that? And he, Ephesians. It's not of works. It's all what he did on the cross. That's the reason that cross is so important for us as Christians is because at that cross, everything was paid for. Amen? All right. One more argument. Mark 9, 34, or Mark 9, 43 to 48. Mackenzie, come on up and read that for me, please. 
Mark 9, 43 through 48. There's another example of hell, how much torment it's going to be, guys. We can't just scan over it and just say, hey, it doesn't exist. It does exist, okay? And it is a real place, okay? Just as heaven's is a real place, hell's a real place. And we have to make our decision to follow Jesus Christ, okay? So that, that's a big deal. John 3, 36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. Okay? Here, here, he's, here he is talking. 2 Thessalonians, it says. 2 Thessalonians 1.9, if you want to write that down. 2 Thessalonians 1.9. It says, They will suffer punishment and eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Okay? He's in charge, but he's created this place, guys, to get rid of all evil, to get rid of everything that doesn't want to follow him, okay? So he's reigning order in the creation of what's going to happen for eternity. It's going to be a perfect place, but he's got to do something with the bad stuff, okay? And the people that don't want to follow him, that's where they're going to go, okay? They're going to be there with the devil and all that, okay? The demons. Jude 7, you can also read that, Jude 7. Jude 7, it's in the back of the Bible, back by Revelations. It says, Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities were likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursuit of unnatural desire, served as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Okay? There you go. Fire rained down from heaven, okay? Revelations 14, 10 through 11 also in that. I'll forego that one. Speed this process up a little bit. All right. Uh, one more thing. Why are so many common objections to the doctrine of hell? Why are there so many objections to the doctrine of hell? Okay, here it is. From these minds here. Objection is because God is too loving to send anybody to hell. Okay? That's wrong. God loved us so much, he did what? He sent his son, his only son, to die in our place. Okay? God did make atonement. But God will send you to hell if you reject his love gift. His gift of love through his son, okay? Amen? That's true, okay? So God is a loving God, but God isn't too loving not to send you to hell, okay? All right? If you reject his gift, you reject his son, it's kind of like slapping him in the face. It's saying, no, my way's better. 
okay? That's just like a young kid telling a parent, hey, this is what I want, okay? And they're wrong, okay? We have to do something to correct that, okay? God's going to be the one that corrects. God's the one that's going to do it. Objection number two, hell is too extreme. All right? I don't know why hell's so extreme. I have no clue. The God word says, man, I do not want to go there. Okay? And I can't help it that it's extreme. My God loves me extremely. I can only imagine that on the other chasm, it's going to be extreme too. Okay? But that's something we all have to accept. Okay? And I think he does that for us to know how extreme it is and the way he lays it out in his word, just like he did with Lazarus, so we can get a picture in on what this torment's going to be about, is that we really need to take consideration of what my choice has been. Where is my salvation? What am I doing with Jesus Christ? Okay? Or what have I done with him? Amen? There's one more objection. Here's one. In the end, God's wisdom is more than I can think about. It's more than I can own. God's wisdom. God's wisdom, I have no way of departing on you. I am his creation. He is much wiser. Omni-wiser, okay? Way more. He's got a plan for this creation. I didn't even have it figured out yet, okay? I find it hard sometimes to follow his word. I find it hard sometimes to do the things I know that to, he wants me to do. But his wisdom is so much wiser than mine. Okay? That leads to this last objection. Well, what about the poor Africans that never heard about Jesus Christ? What about all these people that came before? Are they going to be thrown into hell? Have you ever been asked that question? Have you? All right, you have. I'm going to give you the answer. Right here. We must understand that God does not judge people on the basis of what they don't know, but on the basis of what they do know. Amen? That's kind of backed up in Romans 1.18. Have a youth come up here and read that for me, please. Bryce, come up here. Romans 1.18. And we'll go to 19 too. Yes, 118, 19, and let's go with 22 probably. The wrath of God is beginning relevated. The wrath of God is being relevated from heaven against all the goodness and wickedness of men who suppresses the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be is planned uh, to uh, to them because God has made it plan, uh, plain for them. For since the creation of uh, the for the since of creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have 
then to receive it. Be understood from what has been made so that men are without excuses. All right, that last part. So men, he's been making uh, his evident known that he is God through his creation, through the stars, through the way this world spins, from the way animals are on this planet. I don't know all the ways, but you just can't take all those things and say, hey, put them in a bag, shake them, and make sure that something exists, okay? It doesn't work. God's had a plan from the very beginning, amen? And he's given evidence that he's had a plan from the very beginning. No matter what I think, God had a plan, okay? So I can't rule that out that, hey, I just exist because I exist, okay? No, God had a plan for putting me here on the earth. God had me a purpose, okay? All right? And we have evidence that he does exist, and it's backed up in Scripture right here. Romans 1, 18 through 20, all right? Clear? All right, good, good. We're moving on, all right. All right, the way you get there, the way you get to hell is you choose to follow the devil or you make no choice at all, okay? That's the way you get there. It's pretty simple. Wide is the gate, okay, that leads to destruction. It's very wide. Narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life. And narrow is the gate. We're backed up in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father set through Jesus Christ. Amen. And in that verse earlier, it says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, he's talking Jesus, there you'll be also. Okay? So he's saying, hey, you choose where you're going to spend eternity. All right? I used to have this clever saying when we went on mission trip. They always had this smoking or non section in uh, restaurants. They don't do that anymore. But every day, every day, people around us have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ or to reject Jesus Christ. Alright? So it's smoking or non. Okay? You want to spend your life in the smoking section or non-smoking section? Okay? It's up to you. Okay? Clever way of putting it, but man, it gets the point across. Okay? You gotta know. Okay? But he is the way. So, you pick him. By not picking him, you reject God, and you'll spend eternity there, okay? All right, here is the other thing. Guilty. Am I guilty of my sins? Have I lived a perfect life? The answer is no. I am guilty, and I am in need of a Savior. I rightfully, by all rights, need to go to hell. All right? That's just me. I'd say, a lot of times when I present the gospel, I say, hey, have you ever killed anybody? A lot of people go, well, heck no, I ain't killed nobody. I'm pretty good. I'm going, well, the Bible says if you wished harm on anybody, you've committed murder. And they're going, wow, you're calling me a murderer. Yeah, I'm calling you a murderer. The Bible is. You stand in need of a savior. Have you ever told a lie? You'll be surprised how many people will say, no, I haven't, okay? 
But you can guarantee they have, okay? So there you got them on that one, okay? And then, have you ever looked on a lady with lust? Or a man with lust? Wow, you committed adultery. So, I'm guilty of three sins and I ain't even done with the Ten Commandments yet. Have I ever stolen anything? A lot of kids will get this. Working with young people all the time, I can really get them on this. Well, I haven't stolen anything. I haven't taken it from the store. I haven't been arrested or anything like that. I said, whoa, sure. Have you ever taken anything that doesn't belong to you? Wow. That puts a new perspective on it. I guess when I did take that off my dad's change thing, I was stealing. He just didn't know about it. Okay? So you're guilty there. Do you see our need for a Savior? We are bad folks. We have got to see our need for a Savior. Okay? And that's Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That's it in a nutshell, guys. He loves us so much. He doesn't want us to spend eternity there. When we let, read this Lazarus uh, thing of hell, you want to know in my Bible, that's all red. And red means what? Jesus said that. Do you realize he wants me to understand how bad hell is? So I will tell other people what he's done in my life. I used to have this shirt. Jason, I don't know if you were in the youth group when I did this. Friends don't let friends go to hell. And I had all my kids sign it because, man, I didn't want that living on me the rest of my life. I wanted to make sure that they knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But friends don't let friends go to hell. We bring it up. What can you do to bring it up to make sure that your friends aren't going to spend eternity in hell? The worst thing I could have happen is somebody say, hey, you were right there with me. Why didn't you tell me about this? Well, we were just too busy having fun. Well, I just didn't get around to it because I thought you'd think I was a nerd or something. Do you realize how important this is? This is more about than being cool. This is about eternity. Eternity lasts for how long, Trey? Huh? How long does eternity last? Forever. Forever. All right. It lasts forever and ever, and we ain't even got started yet. A lot of times these young people will think, hey, if I could just make it through high school and get me a job, I'll be all right. Okay? That's how they think sometimes. A lot of times they don't realize what eternity is all about. But eternity starts at your last breath. And it goes on and on and on. And there's no change in it. Because once you decided your eternity, that's how long it lasts. So there's a great weight there. And I'm not trying to scare you into making the decision. I just want you to know the facts out of the Bible. And I'll prove it to you. I'll, yeah, I got it up here to read to you. But I want you as Christians to start feeling the weight of hell. I don't think Jesus Christ would have wasted his time saying it 13 times and trying to get a vivid picture in our mind of just how bad this place is going to be. 
just to entertain us. No. I thought he did that for us to sense the need, hey, I need to get off my duff and start making sure these people don't spend eternity there. Amen? Isn't that right, Bryce? All right. That's what we need to be about. That's the reason we do a Lottie Moon offering. That's the reason we go on mission. That's the reason this church exists, guys. That's the reason we do Judgment House. Do you realize I had one youth pastor come to me and said, man, I think you ought to get rid of hell. I think that's really scaring people into making the decision. I really don't think that's right. I'm saying, dude, have you read the Bible lately? It mentions hell. It mentions it in all its fiery details. I can't help it, but my loving Savior wrote me a love letter and said, hey, don't go here. Make a decision. Know that I love you this much. Okay? I wish it didn't exist either, folks. It'd be a lot easier, right? But I'd be slapping God in the face. But it does exist, and it is real. So know the facts. Okay? All right. I'm thinking that's all my notes, man. We did pretty good. Can we ever say God's not fair? No. He's a just God, guys. A very just God. I don't always understand the way he works, but he is a just God. And he will make a way for us. He has already made a way for us. How he can get a sinner like me into the good graces of God Almighty. He's done a lot. Okay? Tonight, you have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In light of all this. Okay? So this is an opportunity. People say, hey, when I witness to people, I always have to say, hey, do you understand what I've talked about? And they all shake their head. Do you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Some of them will shake their head, yes. Do you want to do that now? I say, hey, you might not have another chance. So realize, if the Spirit's calling, answer that call. Don't prolong it any longer. Do it, okay? And know your eternity sealed up in the non-smoking section. All right. Dave, we got a song to sing? Why the band's coming forward? Do y'all stand, please? I spurred you on tonight. Hey, I've got this thing all on video. It's not me talking. I got a professional teacher from seminary that talks on all these subjects. Ask my youth teachers, they're in there listening to this. But something I said tonight spurred you on to learning more or being more educated. Man, let me know because I'd love to pass these DVDs on to you. I'd love to get this information more out there. But I'm relying on you, and so's God relying on you. You know about hell. Make sure your friends don't spend hell or spend eternity in hell, okay? Friends don't let friends go to hell. All right? So make sure you know that. Let's uh, bow for a word of prayer tonight.
Gentlemen, Father, man, it's been a great day. It's been a great day to be in your house. Tough topic here tonight. I sweated a lot of bullets tonight talking about hell. I know it's not just me talking about this place, but it's a place that you know about. You know it's real. And Heavenly Father, you overcame death. You overcame these doors. And I just pray that you would just light a fire in each one of us, that we might communicate the gospel message to our friends. We might present the gospel message to our family. And Heavenly Father, help us to realize that, man, nobody's guaranteed our next breath. It's only by your grace that we're here and by your grace that you keep us each day. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, that we would have the opportunities to share the gospel with people, that we would have the opportunities to lead them to you in a loving manner because you've done so much for each one of us. And Heavenly Father, I just thank you for that sacrifice of your only son on that cross. And if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior tonight, I just pray that they'd have the courage to walk this aisle or to find somebody and get some questions answered where they can come to know you as Lord and Savior. And Heavenly Father, I just pray that you continue to work in each one of our lives. Help burn it in us that we need to spread the gospel. We need to be about taking this word out to our streets, this good news. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.